Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. So it was 2011, and um, our senior pastor at the time sat me down. I was working in accounting, chartered accountant, living the dream, great trajectory. I was thinking, man, tick, 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 things are happening. This is what's going to happen. We've had a kid. We'll have kids. We'll send them to school here. We'll have this property portfolio. God, thank you for kingdom business, just to, you know, bless, bless the church, be a light in the world, in the marketplace. That's what I felt called to. But I loved what I used to do in church then, leading life groups, taking part, volunteering in young adults ministry. Then our senior pastor sits me down, kind of wrecks my life. He goes, do you feel called to ministry in business, in the marketplace? Or do you feel called to full-time ministry in the local church? Like, man, come on. He gives me, but he was wanting to offer us a job. This is 10 years ago. He goes, to not mess you around too much, you've got two days to think about it and pray about it. So my wife and I were up and down, up and down. When I say up and down, we're like, yes, let's do it. No, let's not do it. As in go to what seemed like the God thing working in church. But then a great friend of ours gave us a call and he said, you have to know that it is a call. If you're going to do this, work in church, you need to know that it's a call because times will come when you'll doubt, when you'll regret, when you want to look back, where you hear the lies of the enemy or whatever. And in those times, you need to know it's a call. It's not just changing your job, changing your life. This is changing your life. And that one thing that he said that you have to know it's a call, that was the key for us. You have to know it's a call. For us, that was a word of wisdom. A word from the Holy Spirit, a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom. And yeah, that's 11 years ago now and We didn't work at church. We went to London. Story for another day. God continued to prepare us. But it was a word of wisdom. And when we talk about words of wisdom, we're talking about the spiritual gifts. So we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 to 11. We looked at this back in June, and the title was The Gifts That Keep On Giving. Not actually the gift, but the gift that keeps on giving. And there's all these spiritual gifts, but we're saying we actually need to pursue the gift, the Holy Spirit, pursue God. And as we pursue God, who is the gift that keeps on giving, the spiritual gifts will chase after us. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. 
Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually. So when we read this about the spiritual gifts, we see that God, the Holy Spirit, is the source. The spiritual gifts, spiritual, he is the source of the gifts. God empowers these gifts. We don't just manufacture these things. We just don't make it happen by our skills or by our knowledge, but actually they are from God. And that's where they come from, from the Spirit. He empowers them. So the gift that keeps on giving. But today what we want to focus in on, when you look at that scripture, there's nine gifts there. They're not the only spiritual gifts. You look at Romans chapter 12, about 4 to 11, talks about gifts again. You look at Ephesians 4, it talks about the ascension gifts. There's up to about 28 or something gifts. But today I want to focus on one of these gifts, and that gift is the utterance of wisdom. The utterance of wisdom, the word of wisdom. Like I said, that friend of ours that shared that as he was speaking, the Spirit spoke through him. And that has led us on this path of preparation, this path of fruitfulness, this path of God's purpose for us. But what is the purpose of all these spiritual gifts? I encourage you to go back to our podcast and find the gift that keeps on giving from June, where we just talked about all the gifts. But today, as I said, focusing on wisdom, the utterance of wisdom. But what is the purpose of these gifts? It says back there in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. That is the purpose of the spiritual gifts. It's for the profit of all. The gifts are not just for us to just enjoy in church, just us to enjoy in our own personal relationships, just in our families, but they're actually for the common good, for the profit of all. God works through his Holy Spirit, his power in us to witness to those around us, to witness to one another. So these gifts are for the common good. You and I have the gift in us. The very presence of God is in you, the Holy Spirit. He's living in you. But there is more to that. It's not just for you. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just for your own satisfaction. It's not just for your own self-glorification. Oh, I pray for people and they get healed. Come check me out. I'll pray for you. It's not just for that. 
It's not, yeah, tongues are, you know, for edification, building yourself up. But the tongues that are talked about here are those tongues that someone has to interpret or it's a word that is to be interpreted, prophecy, all those things. They're not just for yourself. It's not just for self-gratification, but it's for corporate edification. So what are the gifts for? For the common good. And it says that the Holy Spirit apportions. So the Holy Spirit apportions those gifts how he wants to apportion them, how he wills. And when you think about this gift, when Paul talks about spiritual gifts, the term that is coined there, the term that is used for spiritual gifts in Greek is charisma, the word charisma. Spiritual gifts, they're grace gifts. It's all by grace, unmerited favor. We don't do anything to deserve those gifts. But the Spirit gives them to us. They're all by grace. Charisma. If we try to work hard at it, earn those gifts, we take the grace out of the charisma. The word charisma, charis, actually means grace. So if you try to get your works in there, you're taking the grace out of it. These gifts are all by grace. So the question is, are you receiving from God's presence? What are you receiving from God's presence in the spirit? And what are you actually giving out? Wherever you are in your day to day, how's the gift that keeps on giving actually working through you for the common good? Who is profiting from the gift of the Holy Spirit through you? So as I said, one of the spiritual gifts is the word of wisdom. It says there in verse 8, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. The utterance of wisdom, think about utter. To utter is to say it's a word that is spoken, a word that is written. Other translations, when they talk about the utterance of wisdom, it says a word of wisdom or a message of wisdom, an utterance of wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. It's The utterance of wisdom is actually the supernatural ability to give wise advice. A specific insight from God that is applicable to a particular setting. That's what a word of wisdom is. What's the best wisdom that someone's ever given you? Just think about that. That might have been a wow, a word of wisdom. It might have been a wow, whatever that advice someone gave you. Yeah, it's an acronym. It's an acronym. Getting, we're just going out giving wows everywhere. Why do you think people in church go, wow? Because it was a word of wisdom. It was a rima, an utterance of the Spirit. It's based on the Word of God, comes from the Word of God. It's a rima, a word in season. What's the best wisdom someone's ever given you? A word from the Lord at the right time. What do we need? What does one need in order to actually speak, say, utter a word of wisdom? What is it that we need? Where does it come from? Anyone got a clue where it comes from? Just yell it out. From God, that's it. The Word. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. 
That's where wisdom comes from. It comes from the word. So we're talking spiritual gifts, the word of wisdom. You actually have to give the Holy Spirit something to work with, right? We've all got the Holy Spirit. We can all have the Holy Spirit feeling in us. But to utter a word of wisdom, we actually have to give the Holy Spirit the word to work with. We've got to feed on the word. We've got to put something into our hearts. We've got to put something into our souls. God is the source of wisdom. Wisdom is really something that what Jesus would think, something that Jesus would say about a matter. That's what wisdom is. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Think about King Solomon. When he became king, he was a young man. He was to rule God's people, the Israelites. There were so many promises that they were waiting on. They were God's loved people. And God says to this new king, Solomon, David's son, Ask me for anything. And what's the one thing he asked for? Wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And there's been no greater man than Solomon, no wiser man than Solomon. I, had, I heard um, Joyce Meyer say once that wisdom, I just think Joyce Meyer's my grandma. Back in the days, I would just like 4 a.m., wake up, watch a bit of Joycey. Um, but I heard her once say that wisdom is making choices today or making decisions today that will give us the best options tomorrow. She's got a quote where she says, wisdom is making decisions today that are good tomorrow. That is wisdom. Biblical wisdom refers to practical skills associated with understanding and living a successful life, a life aligned to God's will for you. Wisdom is God's word, God's voice, our knowledge of what God says applied. It is knowledge applied. That's what wisdom is. Proverbs 2 verse 6. Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom... From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Why do you think we go on about it here at Numa Church? One of our kingdom culture values is what? Where do you think I'm going with this? God's word is our foundation. That is wisdom. That's where wisdom comes from. What does God's word say about that? One of our kingdom culture values, we're all about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And one of our values is God's word is our foundation. It's not what the media says. It's not what our friends say. It's not how we feel. But it's actually what does God's word say about that matter? So God's word is our foundation. Even Paul prays for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1.17. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1.17. 
a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God's word. Where would we be without the word of the Lord? So we need to feed on it. You feed on God's word, you store it in your heart. And as you go by day to day, you feed on his word, you store it in your heart. You don't even need to try to retrieve it. Because the Holy Spirit will prompt it. The Holy Spirit will surface it. Feed on his word. Store it in your heart. You won't need to retrieve it. The Holy Spirit will prompt it. It will surface. One of the first Bible verses I ever memorized was, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Hiding his word in our hearts, meditating on it, journaling about it, feeding on it, store it. It will surface at the right time, whether it's just for yourself, whether it's for someone else. We need God's word. So what are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? Wisdom is found in the word and the Holy Spirit will bring that word to mind. So we need to trust the Holy Spirit's prompting. When the word comes to mind in our hearts, maybe we're hanging out with someone on what to say about a specific situation, trust. He trusts us with wisdom. But then we need to trust and step out and see what that word does because he has wisdom for every situation. So one thing I want you to catch from what we're talking about today is that one cannot give a word of wisdom unless they possess God's wisdom. And it's simple, but it's the truth. One cannot give a word of wisdom to someone else unless they possess God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is his word. So wisdom is a gift that we receive and a gift that we get to share. We receive it, but we get to share it. We all need wisdom. Everyone needs wisdom daily. Is there anyone here that doesn't need wisdom? Not everyone needs it. We all need wisdom, and it's a daily thing. We get to possess it. We get to distribute it. God wants to trust us with wisdom. I remember a few years back, there's a guy that I'd known through church and he was just struggling with with his work. He had a good job, but he just wasn't getting looked after in his work. But he was just stuck. He was a bit comfortable. No pay rises happening. He just didn't know where else to go from there. He had no opportunities, had not studied anything. You'd have to start all over again. But he just kept making excuses. And we were journeying together, would read the word, this and that. But then one day I just felt prompted to just give him a push. Say, mate, stop making excuses now. It's time to just have a chat with your boss, share your heart, and just get out and trust God with what's next. And the rest is history for him. But he says to me, no man in his life had ever pushed him like that. But to me, it was just like, yeah, just encouraging him to just take the step. And I believe that was a word of wisdom. And we get to do that, to encourage, to challenge people with words of wisdom. And you don't know how that's going to shape someone, how that's going to lead them on to the next thing God has for them. Like I said before, wisdom is what would Jesus do in a situation? What does the word say about that specific thing? 
easy to live by our feelings. I was thinking about this this morning. It's easy to live by our feelings, but it's hard not to live by our feelings. It's easy to live by our feelings, make decisions based on that, but it's also hard not to. But God wants us to base how we live, the decisions that we make on his word and his Holy Spirit leading. What decisions are you needing to make at the moment? Big decisions, small decisions. The word says in James 1 verse 5, James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. We all have access. There's no excuse. We all have access to wisdom. God says, ask me for it and I'll give it to you. Ask me for it and I'll give it to you. He will give it to you through the word. He will give it to you through your brother, through your sister. We all need wisdom. Think about a new parent, a few babies in the building today. You guys, I give it up to you seriously. Amazing. You've come to church. That is wisdom. In raising your kids, bringing them to church straight away. The amount of parents who they'll stay at home for weeks upon weeks upon weeks because of a wisdom of some sort. And sometimes there's good reasons behind it. And there's no judgment, right? But some of the best wisdom, and for me this was a word of wisdom that I heard about when you've just had a baby, is get a babysitter straight away in the first few weeks just for two hours. So you and your wife, you and your husband can just go out, be away from the baby just to enjoy a bit of your time. I've talked to some parents eight years into you having their children and they're like, we've never had a babysitter. Oh, we haven't been on a date night because we don't have family around or something. Look at this room. We're family. You can find family, right? All you have to do is ask, but you've got to have the wisdom to say, we want to prioritize our marriage. We went to this thing called bringing your baby home. It was a Christian course. And I'm thinking bringing the baby home is going to be like a real practical, how do you put your baby in the car? What do you do when you get home? It's like a marriage counseling course. What are you on about? We're about to have the baby. But they're like, no. The thing is you think your baby's going to break. Your, bra- your baby's going to be fine. What's going to break your baby is if your marriage breaks down. That's what's going to break your baby. Whether it's now, whether it's later, how we raise our kids with that wisdom of, hey, we're married, let's focus on us. Let's focus on the husband and the wife. Don't just let the baby direct everything. Oh, man, like it's going to be at this time. You can't, we can't do this because it's fine to have times of this and that with the baby. Sometimes we get so led by certain things in our lives that then for a married couple, 10 years later, you don't recognize one another because you've just been focusing on the baby. No judgment. It's just an example that has really impacted us. And we're so thankful for all the people that have helped us to babysit. It's been amazing. But that's the wisdom that we need in every area of our life. Just the other day, one of our kids at home, he's gone to bed and I'm walking past the laundry. I notice there's some like red juice on the floor. I'm like, what is happening? Hey, boys, what's this juice? I'm, I'm thinking, oh, that looks like communion. I'm like, we don't have communion at home. Oh, actually, I did have a little communion in the study. Hey, 
Then one of them comes over and say what his name was. He comes and goes, oh, what's that? I'm like, what is it? Then he picks up this little plastic, you know, when you take the communion off the little plastic, he picks it up. He's, he, but I couldn't see it at the time, but he found it. He knew where it was. Then I was like, thinking, he's like, oh, was it me? Who was it? Then I was like, hey, Zachy. Oh, I said I wouldn't say his name. <laughs> I'm like, dude. I said, I said, he's like, no. I said, how was it? Did it taste good? He goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's wisdom for a parent, right? Like, it's simple. But what happened there is something came to my mind, to my heart to go, well, instead of blaming him, asking, just say, hey, how was it? And then he was like, <laughs> like, wisdom doesn't have to be complicated, right? Wisdom is so simple. We, we think it's like complex. And you look at the story of Solomon in the Bible, wise man. He's just become king. There's his two prostitutes in 1 Kings chapter 3. Check it out. Um, there's a, these two prostitutes live together. One has a baby first. And then three days later, the other one has a baby. They're the only ones in the house. The first one, she wakes up, the baby's dead. Baby was just next to her. Baby is dead. She's thinking, oh, my child is gone. What is happening? But what had actually happened is the other one. I'm messing up the story. Anyway, baby dies for this lady. What she does, oh, my baby's dead. She's like, oh, the other one's got a baby. She grabs the baby. She swaps the babies around. The mom whose baby hadn't died wakes up and she's like, oh, my baby's dead. And then once light actually comes, she realizes this is not my baby. So they start arguing. They go to King Solomon. The baby's mine. The baby's mine. It's like, the boy is mine. Um, (laughs) But they're all fighting. And King's like, what do I do? So what does he do? A lot of you know the story, but a lot of you don't know the story. King Solomon says, all right, get a sword. And we're going to cut this baby in half. It sounds brutal, doesn't it? And now the real mum, she's like, no, 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 no. Don't kill this baby. Give it to her. I want the baby to live. Give it to her. Give it to her. The other one's like, yes, kill that baby. If no one can have it, it can die. No one can have it. Well, she's like African now. Um, and, then the king, <laughs> and then the king goes, she's the mum. The one who said, let, let the baby live. She's the mom. And then she gets the baby. It was a complex situation, but what he did with it was so simple. But when you're under pressure, God will give you the wisdom. Everyone's like, wow, King Solomon. But when you really think about it, it was such a simple thing. If he had ended up you know, slicing that baby, I would be like, oh, that was not wisdom, right? But it's just crazy. That's the wisdom that's available to us. And the nations looked at this king and they were like, wow, so much wisdom. You and I need wisdom for our daily rhythms. We have a great resource in time. We all have 24 hours in the day. No one has more time. No one has less time. But we need wisdom. And it's all in God's word. All of Proverbs, the book Proverbs, is all about wisdom. It talks about wisdom cries out. 
Wisdom is available and we have access to this word and we need to put this word in our hearts. We need to feed on it. We need to know it. We need to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Someone said this to me too, which was a word of wisdom as I was coming into this role. And you think about preaching and you think about ministering to people. said, if you live full, you will have to prepare less. If you live full, you have less to prepare. As in if you're full of the Word, you're full of the Spirit, whatever you're doing in your life, you don't have to prepare as much because you already are prepared because you've got that constant channel, open communication with God. You're getting into the Word. It's pouring in. It's pouring out. But if you live full of the Word, full of the Spirit, the less you think, oh, they're asking me this and that, God will just give you the answer. We all need wisdom daily. As we're getting to a point where we were actually saying yes to full-time ministry and I was really frustrated in the work that I was doing in the business world and I was like, oh, should I go this way? And I was making excuses and I was worried about my parents. I was worried about finance. One of our friends, a cousin of ours, just said to us in a conversation, do not limit God. Do not limit God. That was an utterance of wisdom, a word of wisdom. Simple. Don't limit God. But that changed things for me. See, the things that we say to people that God speaks through us, you go, but don't limit God. Is that in the word? Well, Genesis 18, 14 says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing's too hard for him. But we limit him. I remember going, oh, man, I, I could get to 60 I was like, I don't want to get to 60. And so I sent my kids to the best private schools. I, we've got the best property portfolio, but what if? There's nothing wrong with those things. And God's like, I can still do those things through you, but you've got to trust me. Don't limit me. Don't live your life because you're trying to get that. Because I was like, I don't want to get there and think, what if? What if I had said yes to God when I'm 60 and I'm like, and it's not too late. I'm just giving you my example. Don't be like, oh, I'm 60. Is it too late? Uh-uh, it's never too late. But that's how God was speaking to me through that cousin of ours. Do not limit God. We all have God's spirit in us. We all have God's word. And we can all share wisdom. But you actually got to have the word in you. Wisdom doesn't have to be weak. It doesn't have to be soft. Sometimes we think, oh, wisdom is like soft, weak. But Jesus actually said to his disciples as he was sending them out, he was telling them that they're going to get persecuted. This is what he says to them in Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. How's that combination? As wise as serpents and as innocent as doves, as shrewd, as sharp. Be as wise as a snake. You wouldn't really associate a snake with that, would you? But it is wise. It knows how to protect itself. It is cautious. And Jesus says to them, be as wise as a snake, but still be as innocent, as gentle as a dove. Wisdom doesn't have to be weak. And I love that example of Solomon has shared before. But wisdom that we pass on is based on God's word, and based on revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, someone said to me when I was so young, wisdom, save sex for marriage. 
It's like, wow, I was only like maybe eight, 10, 12. And I remember getting my first girlfriend. I said, mom, I've got a girlfriend. She goes, remember that promise you made about not having sex before marriage? I was like, yes, mom, you were listening. But, you know, that was a word of wisdom someone said to me. And there's no, again, no judgment. This is what the word says, that sex is for marriage. And it doesn't matter where you're at with that. What matters is you say, God, what does your word say? And there's restoration. There's a way forward. But for me, making that wise decision that came through someone sharing that word saved me a lot of pain. And another word of wisdom, someone said, and all you guys say these things. The D word, divorce. Like, don't let that be an option. It's like, divorce is not an option. And I hold on to that word all the time. And as I was courting, chasing, pursuing this beautiful girl, I had to reflect on those words of wisdom of divorce is not an option. As we're courting, as we're dating, let's work out what the issue is in wisdom because that issue is not going to go away. She's got issues, I've got issues. So let's work out what the issues are so that as we get married, we can continue to complement one another, work together and become who God wants us to be. So those words of wisdom carry us through. Man, it is quiet in here today. It's just me. But this is all in the Word of God. You know, Jesus says, what God has brought together, the man and the woman, as they get married, let not man separate. So God's Word is our foundation. So it's so easy to be sitting with someone who's struggling in their relationship and just talk from natural wisdom. But we need to go back to the Word of God and give them wisdom. The Holy Spirit will show you when the time is to talk about it, when the time is to bring it up. When it comes to finance, there is wisdom. For every, every area of our life, there's wisdom. Some of the wisdom that I live by when it comes to finance is, you know what it's like giving money to friends or, or family, not just giving like a lending? Someone said to me, if you're going to lend money or give money to someone, be prepared to lose it. Be prepared to lose it. Yeah, do the good thing, but just be prepared to lose it. Don't give if you're not prepared to lose it. For me, that was wisdom. Same with investing in things that are risky. I've got to, if I'm going to put some money in some shares, it's got to be money that I'm prepared to lose. I don't want to lose it. No, I don't. But I've got to be prepared to lose it. I'm not doing a finance seminar. I'm just saying these are some of the words of wisdom that people have shared with me that I have come to live by. But the main word is this. And whatever word people will bring, it has to line up with this. I heard a story the other day about a single mum. You know, parents need wisdom. So this single mum... She's got a son. He's a teenager. Dad hasn't been around. He hasn't grown up in the ways of the Lord or being taught. But she's now saved. She's a Christian. She loves the Lord. She comes home. She opens the computer. What does she see? She sees this picture of a fully naked woman on the computer. And she calls her son. What's going on here, son? And he feels so bad. He admits, you know, that he's into pornography Mom's thinking, what do I do? She's thinking, do I go off at this kid? Do I just discipline him right now? She knew that 
if she tried to discipline him then, all he was going to do was try harder to hide it in the future. So she says, son, go to bed. She goes into a room. She gets on her knees. God, give me wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God and he would give it. He gives everyone wisdom without reproach. She prays. Next morning, she wakes him up. Hey, Tommy. Just make up a name for him. Tommy comes out. Tommy, here's a piece of paper. There's a journal there if you want to write more. But what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that girl's family, her parents, Imagine her siblings. Imagine the family she grew up in. Imagine where they live. Imagine what she likes doing, what her family situation has been like. And then I want you to imagine what drove her to the place of losing her dignity that she would stand in front of a camera and do that. Man. So Tommy starts to write and write and write, imagining. She makes him rewrite and rewrite until he gets to the point of realising that this girl is actually a person who has a life, who has a story. And then he was no longer interested in porn. He gave it to God. But that was a mother's wisdom. Not natural wisdom, but she went to God and sought God and God showed her what to do to get him to do that, to write it down, to imagine. So we all need wisdom. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.